We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Got a great guest to bring on for today's show. I am joined by Premium Sports 7-on-7 founder, Fig James. Coach, how we doing? Oh, all good, Max. Appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I mean, this is kind of a new thing for me on the show. Um, you know, you're one of the many coaches that I've met out in the Southern California area, so... I kind of just wanted to bring you on to get some of your thoughts on some of the Oregon guys that that you've had the chance to coach before they got to Oregon and then get some thoughts on kind of the portal and just the football landscape because it's a it's a crazy time right now. So um, I see that you got the the fresh premium jersey on yeah. there. I mean, that I see that your guys on the on the circuit, man, and they're always dripped out with uh, with the best stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you can definitely count on that. <laughs> No, nah, uh, shout out to our sponsors, Battle. Um, Chris at Battle takes care of us. He does right by us. You know, Nicole, Chris, they do great things for us. So shout out to Battle. I'm keeping myself and uh, the many players we have in our program taken care of. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Well, well, let's uh let's dive right into it, coach, with uh, some of the organ guys that you've been able to um, you know, coach and mentor over the years. Um, maybe starting with some of the newer guys that that just got there, and then some of the the older guys we could talk about. Um, but how about we start with uh, with Dalen Austin here? He's from the 2023 class, attended Long Beach Poly, and uh, we know that he flipped from LSU to Oregon. What what are your kind of thoughts on on Dalen, and you know, maybe some stuff that the average fan wouldn't know? I mean, I think Dalen's um, a phenomenal athlete, um, great person. Um, he comes from a great family. Um, mom and dad are great. Um, I had his older brother first. Um, had his older brother first. Um, got him in our program in year one. Um, he went to Poly. Um, he just got with us and he crushed. He crushed and he set the foundation for Dalen. Um, but a lot of people don't know Dalen used to play receiver first. He's a primary receiver. And um, he didn't really commit all into playing DB into, I believe, his sophomore year. And um, that's when things kind of, t- you know, took off for him. Um, I'm looking forward to Dalen having a great year. He and I just spoke two days ago. He just had a birthday pass. Um, he's looking forward to spring ball. He's, he's healthy. Um, he knows the playbook. He knows the expectation. Um, he's just ready to compete. Um, you know, Dalen's put on the, the right weight. He's got fast. He's got strong. And uh, we're losing two corners this year. Um, 
you know, I'm an Oregon fan, so I know, you know, this guy hit the portal and, you know, this guy, you know, just entered the draft. Um, he's, you know, the, the Super Bowl right now. And then you bring in a lot of, you know, transfer portal guys. Um, he's going to either be in position to compete for the job or he's going to sit here and learn from a guy that's being the you know, experienced dude like Muhammad. Uh, I would think he'd be a plug and play dude, but that's not a bad guy to sit here and sit behind one more year and learn from. And I think they did a really good job last year at Oregon rotating the young guys in and give them opportunities, you know, when they saw fit. Um, and I think Dale's, you know, he's benefited a lot, benefited a lot from, you know, sitting behind, um, was it come, come, was Kari Jackson, the Bama transfer? Kyrie Chan, yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie Jackson. Jackson. You know, sat behind some good guys, you know, James that he can learn from. So, um, you know, I think they'll have a great offseason um, with winter workouts coming up right now, spring ball, and they'll transition to summer and fall. Yeah, Dalen's one of those first guys that I got to kind of cover and get to know once I moved down to Long Beach. I mean, Long Beach just up the street from me. Uh, so super excited to see what he can do in, in year two at Oregon. I think he's got the a lot of the traits that you look for in, in a Dan Lanning defense cornerback. You know, lengthy, can can run and can cover ball skills the whole nine. Exactly, exactly. Let's let's stay at Poly for a second here, Coach, and, and talk about Dylan Williams, the 2024 Oregon linebacker signee. I mean, I think that a lot of these linebackers that the Ducks are getting in this class – they kind of fit the sideline to sideline, athletic, can run, physical. I've gotten to see him a couple times in games this year. What, what can you tell us about Dylan Williams? I love Dylan. Um, he's, he's a kid that I've known since he was 12. Um, played for White House out here in Southern California, which was like one of the top youth teams in this time, at that time. Um, Dylan played safety most of, most of his you know youth years. Played some safety. Um, high school played some safety. Um, so he's athletic enough to cover, and he can cover, and he's slowly growing into his frame. And Dylan's actually younger than a lot of people. You know, he's not a, a kid that's like a two-time holdback. Um, so expect for his frame to continue to grow and, and, and you know, fill out. And he's a kid that probably needs a red shirt year one. Um, but I could definitely see him doing a lot of things that Bossa did um, for the Ducks. Um, he's athletic as heck. Um, he's willing to learn. He's humble. Um He's not a kid that's going to get too high or get too low. He's, you know, he takes coaching. You know, he's he's like that with myself when we dealt with him this uh, last offseason. And I think it's going to be phenomenal for the Ducks this year. Um, just learning, you know, soaking in, learn from the right guys. And I think it was, it was great to have some of these guys on the Ducks defense return, you know, so he can get that experience. Um, but, you know, he's someone I'm definitely high on um, to come in in year two, um, even, you know, even year three, you know, you got to get these kids to understand you, you don't have to play now. You, know, you, you can sit in. If you have to sit for a year or two, it's because you have to develop. It's not because the coach don't like you. It's probably because you can't develop or you're not developed yet, right, to be the best version of yourself. Sure. And if he takes two years for him, I will continue to push him to stay. Um, but once he get on the field, he, he won't leave and he shouldn't leave. Let's talk a little bit about what you were saying there, how Dylan used to play safety. I, I, I didn't know that, but, I mean, seeing that, you can understand why his coverage skills are, are where they are. It, it kind of feels like with how athletic today's linebackers are, we're seeing some former safeties uh, making that move down to come. I mean, look at Bossa. He's a perfect example, right, just on Oregon's yeah. roster. Can you shed a little bit of light, you know, from a coach's perspective about how being a safety is is kind of aiding that transition to linebacker? Well, the football game has been transitioned to a passing game. Um, I mean, outside of the, you know, let's say the NFL, I believe three of the four teams in the NFL use the tight end, which is, you know, the traditional way of football, but it's untraditional at this point, right? Um, 
because everyone else is spreading it out. And so with those safeties who aren't the best covering guys, but they're physical, that Dylan was, they're now making a transition to the box where they're going to play around 200 and, you know, 218 to 230. It can fluctuate, right, depending on the system, the scheme. But he has that experience to cover a tight end. He has the experience to cover a running back. Um, I think it, it benefits, you know, the right scheme, the right program, the right development. And I think Dylan's in the right place to get that, you know, the development to take those old skills that he has to put him in situations where he's in the Big Ten now uh, where there's a lot of Big Ten programs that plays in 11V. You know, um, Oregon's like one of the only Pac-12 programs that was primary 11 person every snap. Well, the Big Ten is it, it, it's, it's, it's quite often. It's happening. So he should be able to cover those big, you know, those bigger guys and you know, still be able to sit here and get in run fits uh, at the same time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited to see how he, how he kind of develops once he gets to Oregon. And I know he was at kind of an interesting weight. I think he was like 6'2, 215, kind right. of around there. So we'll see how he does once he gets uh, into that Wilson Love uh, strength and conditioning program. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to add about Dylan. I mean, I'll throw a picture of him uh, up on the screen here um, when he was with premium on the seven on seven circuit. Um, So he's, I I saw him play a little bit of tight end against long beach, Jordan. That was the last game that I saw him play. Um, You know, two of the better teams in long beach, but Polly really runs long beach. If if you're just looking at things uh, historically. Don't let Romeo hear that. Don't let Romeo hear that. Okay. Fair (laughs) enough. Fair enough. (laughs) I mean, in, in recent years, at least. Right. Um, but no, Milliken's definitely got a great program over there under Romeo Pelham. Um, he's been a coach I've gotten to, to know as well, but they're like, of course, Ryan Pelham, uh, his, his younger brother going to Oregon playing receiver, but, um, let's, let's stay at linebacker coach and, and talk a little bit about another one of the premium guys headed to Oregon. We got, uh, Kamar Matuti who was at Campbell hall, his junior year when he got offered. And then he ended up transferring to Los Alamitos and, this guy, I think the the like stat that I always think is so interesting with him is that he led his league in tackles and rushing yards his junior yeah. year, uh, which just is a, a combination that you don't see all too often in, in today's uh, in today's you know game of football. So, just wanted to get some of your thoughts on, on Kamar Matuti from from your time getting to know him and, and having him aboard premium. Did I lose you, coach? Let me see. I'll pause the recording here. I think I might have lost you. So, Kamar Matuti, 2024 Oregon linebacker signee, was another standout uh, for, for you guys at Premium, Coach Fig. Uh, would, would love to just get your take on him as, as a player. It's another athletic linebacker heading to Eugene. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Big, fast, strong, long. Um, he played at Campbell Hall, um, for, uh, his, his, you know, first three years of high school, um, great coach over Dennis Keys, UCLA safety. Um, he did really, you know, some good things with him and, and it, I mean, you can see it. Um, he took his last year and played at LaSalle, which, you know, the, the game was, you know, it was different from him. He had to play against tougher competition and, uh, he kept playing like Kamar. He has so much room to grow, so much room to grow. And he's another kid that's definitely just – he's a, a a kid that's that's willing to accept coaching. So when you got a lot of these kids nowadays that have offers and high rankings and all this, they, they tend to have it figured out 
in high school. Uh, I don't have to do he, – he's, he's never been that way. Dylan's never been that way. Kamar, he's always listening. He always worked hard. He always wanted to be the best in the room. And uh, he's, a, he's just so respectful, man. His parents, his mom, his dad, his siblings, they're just so respectful. They're so appreciative. Um, they're the people you want to see make it. Yeah, man. Like, I don't want to – we don't have to even talk football with him. He has the family that you want to see make it. You know what I'm saying? And you know, and that's not saying anyone any others we spoke about aren't, but that's just what stands about them. They're over appreciative of everything. Um yeah, but he he's a guy, you know, with with, with Oregon bringing in him and Dylan, Bash Brothers. That's what they name themselves. They're the Bash Brothers. And and when we play against teams, I mean, when we got to zero looks, they cleaned up shit across the middle. They clean things up across the middle. They play physical. They they fed off each other's energy. Um, I know Kamar, you know, he's been up there for a little bit. Dylan's going to get up there now. Um, they're going to push each other. They're going to sit next to each other. They're going to push each other. They're going to grow together. And um, it's going to be a sight to see them in the next two to three years um, in the Big Ten, you know, causing havoc. Kamar, having Kamar and Dylan, two really close friends that have played together and trained together as long as they have, I mean, just the iron sharpens iron mentality, I think, is is certainly going to be something with them. And and Kamar is such a stand-up guy. Like, he, he talked about, when I saw him in San Antonio, he talked about how happy and excited he was to learn from Jeff Bossa, who chose to come back for another year. Just, you know, taking that that mentality of kind of being able to wait in the wings but still get better and soak up all that knowledge I think that's huge and then just the what a character guy I mean every time I talk to this guy it's Mr. Torres how's it going like great to see you um you know super stand-up guy so I'm excited to see what he can do uh at the next level and 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 I think here's another question similar to the safety to linebacker transition for a guy that plays linebacker to have played running back I don't think he, he didn't focus on running back when he was at Los Al. This was more no. his junior year and proceeding. What, what kind of a value do you think it brings to a linebacker to to have played running back, you know, prior to getting to the college level? He understands blocking schemes. You know, he understands pull, pull pin, pull pin and, and, and power and stretch. So, um, you know, he knows what should, should come from it. I mean, it depends if you're reading the triangle or reading the box, whatever your, your, your keys are as a coach. Um, some guys get taught them. Some guys just naturally understand them. If he's being taught by the guys up at Oregon, um, which are, you know, some of the best in the, in the country, and he naturally understands it, it should definitely, you know, pay off for him. For sure. Okay. Okay. Um, there's one more premium guy that uh, is at Oregon right now that that has some some ties, um, you know, to your program, and, and that's wide receiver Treshawn Holden. Um, he, he played at uh, Harbor City Narbonne down here in Southern California. And you might be able to clear this up because I saw on uh, the rosters that – is he originally from Florida and then moved out here? I was trying to clear up that connection. Unique story. He, he's, he's originally from Florida. He's from Kissimmee, Florida, which is on the outskirts of Orlando. He played school and um, high school ball in Baltimore. Um, can't think of the powerhouse out there. St. Francis? Um, St. Francis. And then um, – just just needed a change and, and his mom she found work out here in california and um he transitioned to california and ended up at norbon high school where he played his senior year and um you know that's how he got recruited to the west coast um that's how he developed his relationships to the west coast um initially signed with bama um but he made his way back west um based on you know the one year he stayed out here 
Okay. Yeah, that's I mean, it's it's so wild in today's high school football, just all the stops guys make and, and the transfers. It's it's a little hard to keep up with at times, but that definitely sheds some light on his West Coast ties, of course. And coach with 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 coach with Treshawn, I think he has a unique opportunity at Oregon because he he came in last year from Bama, obviously. And I thought he had a really good season, but maybe just the volume wasn't there. But when the volume was there, I think he made he made you know the most of his his opportunities. Well, what do you think about him going into twenty twenty four and just what he brings to the table? Well, I think Oregon receiving core was a loaded receiving core last year. I think they had a lot of guys. Um, Junior Adam does a great job with development uh, the, the development in that room, um, and the coaches prior to him they did you know a great job with developing the guys that was there first. Um, but he took that group of guys and he made them, um, he, you know, he made them a, a top five team in the country. Um, and Trey Sean just came in a unique situation where you had Troy Franklin, who's been in the program for two years. Um, you know, uh, he, he knew the expectation of, you know, being an Oregon Duck. Um, Trey Sean, you know, early, you know, we, we know he had some, a few things that was going on which kind of sat him back and pushed him forward. And he had to get back comfortable, get back comfortable. Then you bring in guys like Tease and then you got – you know, Franklin and T's already has a natural organic relationship with the quarterback. And then Franklin just being the number one guy um, with Oregon also been a team that runs the ball heavily, but sit here, you know, you know, takes their shots and learn a new system with coach coming over. Um, it's a lot of different things. You have, you know, Gary come in and um, a few younger guys. You want to share the ball with, you know, with Noah and then you got Bucky. It just wasn't enough balls to say all that. Right. And so with losing um, Troy, and, and, and needing someone to come in and step up. I think Trey Sean's in a really, really, you know, unique situation this year to fill that void. Um, not saying that he'll be a, you know, I think Troy called for like 86 and 13 or something like that. Not saying that Trey um, is going to have that season. I would love for him to. Um, but, you know, 86 balls just opened up, right? And he's someone that knows the system. He knows the offense. And he should be able to get in on the field and, you know, play right away. Uh, with Coach, you know, throwing a lot of those down screens and Trey Sean being one of the, um, bigger receivers on the roster and able to block. Um, he should bring a lot of value into that. And, you know, of course, if you can block on screens, you can block and go. Um, and then he also can catch the ball across the middle. Um, he's eager. He's excited um, to get to it. Uh, he and I spoke to – and we spoke two days ago too because he was currently in L.A. while I was in Miami. Um, and he's like, what's up? Where, where you at? Where you at? I'm in Miami. Um, great personality. He wants to work. Loves lifting weights. You know, Trey wants to get after it. So I think this is a, uh, it's a great thing for him, you know, and, and at the same time, the new quarterback there doesn't know no one. So he doesn't have a favorite target at this point. So Trey can sit here and, and, and get in with him and just build the time and the rapport and relationship for him to have an outstanding uh, last year. I think he'll be, he'll be utilized a lot more in 2024. So uh, he's a weapon to keep an eye on for the ducks here this next season. Let's switch gears here a little bit, Coach, and talk about kind of more big picture things in the high school scene, the college scene. Wild time in college football right now. So much change going on. Um, but let's stay here in Southern California. I, I know your brother Melvon James uh, is the the head coach over there at Inglewood. Um, yes, sir. So just kind of wanted to to hear a little bit about what you've seen uh, from him and, and uh, from the the team over there. Totally unbiased. I think he's the best coach in Southern California. Um, you know, you have a lot of great programs out here. You have Bosco's, you have the Modern A's, Mission Viejos, Corona Centennials. Um, but the resources they have are endless. Um, Millie has no resources. You know, he has six coaches on the staff. 
and he's been coaching at Inglewood for five years, and he's lost six games. He took them as a Division 14 program in year one to the semifinals, and then the next year they had one of the highest jumps in CIF history from D14 to Division 2. And um, he went on to play in the Division 2 semifinals where he lost the um, Alamein, which is a powerhouse out here, who, you know, had guys like Ephesian Price got, um, you know, Kevin Green and, and, and you know, yeah, Efe. I mean, they just – just totally loaded, right? Um, until the next year, he goes and play in the Division II Championship versus Sierra uh, Kane, which is a, another powerhouse out there. Um, it just comes from loving football and loving inner-city kids. Um, his why is why he has the success. He does it because he's an inner-city guy, played at Fremont High School under Peter Duffy. Um, and he just loves his inner-city kids. I mean, not saying he doesn't like, you know, kids in suburbs, but his reason of coaching at Inglewood is to help the kids that look like him. And so I always, you know, mention this to people say, if he had the resources and the help that everyone else had, what would he do? You know, what could he do? You know, Riesling just got a new weight room. You know, prior to that, for four years, he had a weight room that had, you know, mice in it. You know, mice actively ran through the weight room in rats while kids lift weights. Um, he had a field that had, you know, a practice where they had no lights. So when daylight savings kind of like practice in it an hour earlier, you know, he's coached playoff games with no lights and coaches put cars on the field. And once again, it's six coaches, you know, six coaches on the roster. So how much can you get done with only six coaches on the roster? So, um, you know, I love him as a brother. I think he's a phenomenal coach. Um, he continuously year in, year out gets kids to college. Um, you know, this is a, a you know a stigma that inner city kids you have to go to elite privates or suburb programs to go to college, and he's he's changing that. You know, you know he's he's sent a kid to college, minimum three kids to college every year since he's been coaching. Um, the most he's sent in one year was seventeen. Um, this year he has six seniors. He sent three, and he's probably gonna have another kid signed in four days. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, I love him. I think he does a great job. The kids, his wife is in the right. His why is a you know good reason why the kids are doing great things, and I think my mom raised them right. Yeah, I think she did a great job with him. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Kind of like what you were saying with, with Kamar. It's, it really feels like it's a sky's the limit situation. And, and you know, every time I've come out to Inglewood, it's always been great to, to chop it up with him and, and just to see the, the progress that he's made with that Inglewood program, just in the short amount of time that I've been down here, I can't speak to, to the years before that quite, quite as much. Um, but yeah, the, the Inglewood program is always one that that's, I think it's going to, it's going to give you a fight. You're going to get their best shot every week. And um, they're kind of a, I feel like a sleeper, not, not, and I don't say that any kind of, you know, disrespectful no, way, no, but it's they, like, they, they don't get the credit they deserve. Max, 36 kids on the roster. Yeah, that was one of the biggest things. There's like First, not. I mean, you. I, I was out there with you when we had Longstreet. I mean, Hassan Longstreet is considered the number one player in the class of 2025, and it, it's all of what he started at Inglewood. You know, he transitioned. He made. You know, he moved out to uh, to Corona, um, and 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 he's over at Centennial now. But he did a lot of that. He blew up. He picked up his Oregon offer for what he did at Inglewood. He's a kid that was a just a sophomore, never starting a varsity game. You know, and Milvon took him in and developed him and put him in situations. Same thing with Jamar Johnson, um, who you cover as an Oregon, you know, guy who, who went down to the wire and assigned Louisville. But, you know, Jamar is a kid that Millie transitioned from a quarterback at six foot five, 260 pounds to a, a, a top, you know, 10 tight end in the country. Um, he just does a great job, man. And he understands the game of football. Uh, but most importantly, his kids play for him. You know, they play for him. Most of them are on their last leg. Um, situations weren't great at other places or they you know they weren't heavily you know sought out there in high in use so they came you know to, to Inglewood High School and, and, and Millie you know he instilled hope he instilled you know that you can do it you know and, and I think the city is behind him I think they're 100% behind him and, and, and it's just you know growing I would love to see him at the 55 to 60 you know player number but the biggest story is if he gets 55 to 60 players on varsity will there be enough helmets or shoulder pads to fill the team you know, those are some of the things that he has to literally deal with. You know, like, do I have enough shoulder pads or do I have enough thigh pads to give if I, you know, have 55 or 60 kids? You know, but um, yeah, they are a sleeper. They can beat anyone at any given um, Friday. We're getting a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. We're getting a lot of great stuff here, Coach. Um, I know we're a little bit past the, the time that I kind of told you. How are we doing on time? I want to be no, respectful of what good. you got we're going. Good. Good. Okay, cool. Um, I got one more on Inglewood that I think is such an, a fascinating big picture question. Um, you talked about how the, the resources are different at the, the bigger schools or the private schools maybe, but I want to focus on what you said about how the city is behind the, the Inglewood program. The city is behind your brother coaching that team. Can you just talk about kind of what the, the Inglewood team means to the city? Cause I feel like we don't necessarily get all of that at the big privates as much. It's a namesake, you know, Inglewood High School is the name of the city. If you look at, let's say, um, we'll use which was one of the you know best public schools in the state, Mission Viejo. It's in the city of Mission, you know, Viejo. So the kids grow up wanting to be, you know, they start as baby Diablos or the Cowboys, and they go to become Mission Viejo, Mission Viejo Diablos under Chad Johnson. Um, when you have a school named after a city, if you put the right time into it, the city will come behind it. And it, it's taking some time, but it's getting there for Millie. It's getting there. You can see people who acknowledge him in the, you know, the streets and, hey, hey, Coach Millie, hey, Coach James. 
um, because he's doing it right. You know, Inglewood's a rich city um, in terms of love. You know, you'll get a kid from Inglewood, you know, he doesn't go out of state and say he's from L.A. He's not from Inglewood. You know, Montana Lamoni is crazy. He starts receiver over at um, uh, Arizona. His, you know, his name is Mr. Inglewood. People respect the city and they rep the city. And so as long as Millie continues to do right by the city and he brought back the Inglewood Junior Signals, which is a youth program, um, you know, brought him back to campus and, um, you know, allowed them to sit here and use the field, um, you know, it's going to continue to grow. You know, if you play football and youth football, Inglewood, you play for Inglewood Youth Signals. You know, the kids want to be, you know, they're the junior signals. They want to be like the high school guys. And that's just him just understanding, you know, how to do things right and, and, and getting the people behind you. And we're not from Inglewood. We're, we're, we're born and raised on 6th and Figueroa. We're born and raised in L.A. You know, um, where we stay, we stay 27 minutes away from here. Um, but, you know, he could have took a role on um, at another school because he initially started coaching at a school that was a block away from our home. You know, he's a guy that's for community. You know, first coaching job, Hawkins High School on 6th and Hoover. Millie grew up on 6th and Figueroa. And uh, next job, and he moved to the city of Inglewood. He took over Inglewood. So he's not looking to go to the the fancy place with, the you know, the shiny logo or, you know, everything handed to him. He's a grinder, and he wants to work for the inner city kids and let them experience what he's seen. Certainly, you know, doing it for the right reasons. And and I love the the story behind the the community ties, Coach. Um, let, let's go big picture again and, and just talk a bit about the state of college football and like kind of specifically the transfer portal, because I know you're obviously very tied in and a big figure on the high school scene. A lot of people kind of say, you know, the, the, the whole transfer portal emphasis is, is taking away some opportunities for, for high school kids, you know, guys that are maybe working their tails off to, to get an offer now, even to hopefully sign uh, during the February signing period. C- can you just shed some light on your thoughts on how the portal has affected the high school opportunities for some guys? Um, it's it's definitely affected the you know opportunity for high school guys. Um, but what I will say is high school parents now have to be a bit wiser with the decisions they make with sending their kids to the right high school. You can no longer go to – well, I won't say no longer. It's not as common – as it, it shouldn't be as common as it used to be where a kid can go and sit in, in the developmental stage. I'm going to play freshman. I want to play JV. I'll play varsity for two years. My senior, I'll, you know, I should be a captain amongst the top 10 players on a team and sign. Now it's like, look, I have to put myself in a position to play varsity, if not as a freshman or as a sophomore, to get on the scene. If you're just now getting reps as a senior, the likelihood of you going to college is, is slim now. So now the smaller programs, the Inglewoods, the the Millicans, Romeo, that's why they're 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 having you know great years. Could they're getting the kids that would typically be at the the Boscos and Modern A's or the Corona Centennials and sitting and waiting the process. They're getting them at their high school now. So um, I don't think the NIL or the transfer portal is a bad thing. I think parents just have to wake up and smell the flowers and realize I can no longer sit here and say I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to go to this private school. I'm going to sit for three years, trust that I'm going to get out because it's not going to work like that. The average program now is taking, what, 15 portal kids and then leaving with 10 high school kids. And I explain to parents all the time, being the best kid on your high school team is not enough anymore. It's high school, it's league, then it's city, then it's region, then it's state, then it's coast. This isn't 2006 when I came out of high school where 
you know, LA kid. If you're a Pac-12, you're you're Pac-12. You're Mount West. You're Mount West from LA, and they recruited. You know, of course, their cities, but they rarely went and got into Texas. Now I can send a kid's home from LA right now to Mario Cristobal, who I was just with. You know, last weekend, and he can offer a kid that fast and say, "I want you," and they can actually recruit that kid within minutes. It's not. I have to go to the post office, wrap this VHS or DVD up, um, or I have to sit here and upload it to YouTube, and it's going to take 24 hours to buffer and load, and it's going to be this static. It's not that. You get an active huddle link. I can send it to a Division One coach in a matter of seconds. He can watch the first three or four plays, offer a kid a scholarship. So kids now can go anywhere. Miami can recruit Cali. Cali can recruit Midwest. Midwest can recruit East Coast. So now a kid just can't be good. In his region anymore, he has to be good nationally. He has to be nationally good. I mean, look at SC star middle linebacker, um, number nine, I can't think of his name. But he's a kid that was recruited from, what, Philly, Pennsylvania, didn't sign to Arizona State, and then transitioned to, to SC. That That's a far travel. It's a far travel, but it's it's, it's happening. So um, I think the portal's going to stick, stick around, and I'm not against the portal because these college coaches are getting paid, you know, millions of dollars and to, to win. You know, and I also agree that, you know, we make careless decisions as, you know, 18 to 19 year old kids were signing. You know, I signed, you know, Cincinnati at high school, which was a great decision, you know, schematically. I love Brian Kelly. I love the city. But when I got there, I signed to one coach. All right. When I got there, Bob Diaco was my D.C. The D.C. I signed to was a press man D.C. You know, one high, two high. We're going to play press man, put our hands on it. Well, he signed, and I'm going to South Florida. Bob Diaco came over from Connecticut, and we played a lot of cover three, which wasn't what I was great at. I was good at it, but I wasn't great at it, so I didn't feel comfortable playing it because my coach who coached me in community college was Dante Williams, who's now at Georgia via USC. I didn't know that. Dante Williams was my coach. That's my mentor. Dante made me play press man. So I played at El Camino College every snap. With David Canales, who just took the job over at, you know, uh, Carolina Panthers, he was a quarterback coach at Elko. Dante Williams is the cornerback coach. I played press man every snap. So when I got Juke, oh, I, mean, I got to Cincinnati, and they got me dividing between one and two, and, 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 and you know, dividing, then picking up pedal, and I'm at 15 to 18 yards off post-snap. But I'm used to sitting there putting my hands on guys. It was like, all right, look. This is tough. So I transferred back down to L.A., and I knew I was going to have to sit a year. Well, if I had the portal at that time, I would have probably transferred to Washington, where Coach Demetrius Martin was at, who offered me a scholarship. I told Cincinnati over UW. I probably would have transferred to Washington or I would have transferred to Boise State, who had Marcel Yates, who recruited me, offered me as at Boise. And both those programs were trending up, start with the – just first-year head coach at Washington, and Coach Peterson was at Boise State, but Coach Yates was notorious for coming in L.A. and recruiting kids. But I took the leap of faith and told Cincinnati based on them. You know, they had three cornerbacks that just played in the Orange Bowl versus VTech. They lost. He just came over, and he did great things, and they had three DBs, DBs that was getting drafted. I'm like, look, I'm going to go and play. But like I said, they went from press man to cover three. If I had the opportunity to transfer and hit the portal, I probably went to a different program and had more success. But instead, I came home, had to wait and see, weigh my options, sat a year off at home, 
and then transferred to Nevada, you know, which I ended up following Dante to Nevada, which ended up being a cover three team also uh, because of the, the transfer. I mean, the DC I signed to wasn't the DC I was there when I played. It was Andy Boo who came over from Stanford and we were a cover three uh, slot pro call team, four to three. We played man as a Mitchell, you know, as a switch up. So I still have to say the portal will give kids who make the wrong decision an opportunity to right their wrongs. And I think it's fair. I think it's fair because I wish I had that opportunity. Wow. That's yeah. That's an interesting story. Just kind of seeing your path and, and moving all over the place and having to wait and how there's so much flexibility now uh, with, with players just being able to move so quickly, a couple more for you coach, then I'll get you out of here. Sure. One of the things that was so interesting to me when you were kind of talking about your story, when you were getting recruited out of high school was how you had to go to the post office or wait for something to upload and buffer. But like you said, now it's just instant. Like everything's yeah. at your fingertips. It's the digital age. Let's, can you just talk about <coughs> the importance of exposure? Because I think that is such a key word when you're looking at any level of football and ultimately a lot of these guys don't even get on college radars unless they have that exposure, whether that's high school, sevens, showcases, tournaments, uh, camps, you name it. Just t talk about the importance of exposure, especially if you're coming from, you know, maybe it's not an LA, maybe you're coming from kind of a middle of nowhere area. Exposure everything. I mean, it's the reason why commercials and ads for the Super Bowl are sky high. Right, they're a premium, right? So that product placement, right? Um, because the right exposure can do wonders for people, right? And so that's like what makes our program successful because we give our kids a stage, right? We give our kids a stage no matter what city we're in. Um, we're, we're, we're kids on oh, that's premium. We make sure we have the right, we wear the right things, we make sure our jerseys look a certain way for people to identify and understand, well, this team looks the part, so they should be a part. And that's why year in, year out, we have kids that sign. You know, we signed 26 kids Division One last year um, solely because we put our kids in situations to be seen, whether it's our young team or our older team or, you know, our kids sign. The least amount of kids I believe I signed ever was 23 kids out of premium one year. Um, the most I've signed is 31. It's the reason why the Bryce Youngs are, you know, and the B. John Robinson are affiliated with premium um, because we do right by the kids. We've had a kid at the Army All-American game, at least two to three kids every year since we established ourselves in 16 um, because we put our kids in that situations and in, in, in exposure. So all that being said, you have to sit here and put yourself in situations to be seen. You can no longer sit here and just wait and hope and cross your fingers. Um, Dante and I spoke yesterday for about 30 minutes when I got in off my plane. And he went to see one of our kids, RJ Sermons. Um, over at Rancho, and he, you know, asked about my thoughts of RJ, and he wanted to check him out. Um, but he also mentioned to me that he he only has a few days here. How can he see every cornerback in California in two days? How is he able to sit here and stay at the you know LAX hotel, wake up, hit the South Bay, while fighting LA traffic, eat breakfast, eat lunch, have dinner, get proper rest to do it again? It's it's impossible. So. You have to put yourself in situations uh, to be seen. You have to put yourself in situations to be with the right people. Um, and I think that what a lot of parents are starting to figure out, there's still a ton of them who just don't know. Um, it's a digital age. You know, one catch, one play, you can go viral. 
and that can change your whole life. Um, can't think of the young man's name. He's from Texas. He's a 2020, I believe, five commit for Oregon receiver. Adrian Wilson. Adrian Wilson, right. Adrian Wilson is playing for a uh, 717. Um, he doesn't want to play for me, right. I actually introduced myself to Adrian this weekend in person in Miami. I seen this kid make this spectacular catch where he went viral, right? And I, I reached out to the young man. I'm like, yo, you have a lot of ability. Just the fact that he can go up, track the ball, and find it and come down with it. And then from there, I, I you know, piqued my interest and I continue to watch him. Well, I'm great friends with, you know, Wadu, who's over at Oregon. I sent the tape to Wadu like, hey, this kid, you guys need to recruit this kid. Y'all need to recruit him. They recruited him. They offered him. He's now Oregon commit. All it took was one play, that play. That's it. It just took that one play to change that kid's life. And, I mean, I don't know what his recruitment's like prior to that, but I do know he's now Oregon commit off of that video. I've seen it, got it to Wadu. Wadu got it to wherever he had to get it to, and the offer is put out, and now he's Oregon commit. So, um, yeah, we – Times has changed, man. It, they they have changed drastically. It's 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 wild just to even think about how football has changed from my days. I was in high school from 2012 to 2016. I was a nobody. I wasn't making plays like Adrian Wilson. I'll tell you that much. Right. But it's it's crazy just to see how that can can magnify you know the platform and the hype and gets you in front of who knows who. But coach, I could talk to you all day if 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 you let me. But before we get out of here, I mean, we've talked about so many great things. I just kind of wanted to hand the mic to you, you know, whether you wanted to talk about more premium stuff or any guys that, uh, you know, you think need more more love or more attention. We could talk Inglewood, just any final thoughts um, before we get you out of here? Um, I have too many kids at premium to mention one in particular. But what I will tell the fans or any coaches or anyone in the country that's watching is that we're a brand that consistently puts out a great product. Our kids will play with, you know, with an edge. Our kids will play um, the right brand of football. Um, we have great coaches around us, um, and we do things the right way. We have a ton of kids that's playing college football today, um, and we just do it the right way. We're not here soliciting kids with NIL to play for us. So understand when you get a kid that plays for premium, he's not going to be a kid that's going to sit here and be bouncing around. He's going to sign to your university and then look for, you know, X amount of dollars and, if he doesn't get that, he's going to leave. We vet our kids and sign the right kids. When a kid plays for premium, all right, he's a kid that's committed to a brand and to a coach, right? He's not committed to me purchasing a free flight for him or me, you know, fattening his pockets or, or, or comping him for free. So when these kids that play for premium sports sign your university, he's a kid that's probably buying into that program um, because he feels it's the best fit for him. Now, of course, you have the set, you know, exceptions where, you know, kids have done different things. That's a part of our program. But I'm talking about as a whole, you know, for the most part, the general premium kid, he's a kid that's going to buy in like Madden Williams. He's a phenomenal player. He's going to buy into the brand. So if Madden Williams becomes a duck, he's going to be at Oregon for Dan Lanning and, 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 and you know, in and, and the staff around him, Junior Adams, not because of um, solely NIL. Um, myself, I'm a guy that that's for the people. Um, I built premium for our people. We call it FUBU for us, by us. But we have kids from all walks of life. We uh, we run a phenomenal program. Uh, it's affordable for any and everyone. Um, and we just want to have fun and have kids, you know, uh, just sit here and see things. And, you know, went to Miami. I told our kids I want to win. Is you know, 70-plus teams there. 
And I said, listen, if you guys fall short of winning, you guys should just be 69 losers. There's only be one win, you know, one winner. You know, I want you guys to experience, you know, Miami University. I want you guys to experience South Beach. I want you guys to experience this culture. And I think that's what people lose sight of in 707. Everyone's looking for instant gratification or instant success. They want to sit here and, um, you know, go viral for the wrong reasons. Now, I'm a competitor. I definitely compete. I definitely go to these tournaments to win. But at the same time, um, I want my kids to understand that it's not a business in high school. You, these are the great times. College football has become a business, and, of course, professional football is a business. So while we're at this level, um, let's enjoy it. So that's what you're getting as a, you know, a leader of men amongst your kids. So if you have kids in the, you know, the Los Angeles area or anywhere in Southern California, Northern California, um, not saying I don't, wouldn't take a kid from any other city, but, you know, I built premium for L.A. That's why our jerseys are mimicking the Angels. Um, it's, 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 you know, I'm for us. Um, I'm for the high school kid, but, you know, I, I built it for L.A. And I think that's it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if, if you guys want to, you know, tap in with premium, I got it on the screen here on YouTube uh, pr at premium sports underscore LA. Uh, definitely one of the premier uh, groups out here in Southern California, probably going to have an Oregon commit or two coming from, from premium in the, the coming you know cycles. But just wanted to say a big thank you to coach fig for coming on. If, if you guys, uh, want to find me you can follow me on twitter and instagram at m sports subscribe to my youtube channel at oregon football max taurus and read me over at ducksdigest.com but until next time you've been listening to another episode of the ducks dish podcast mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement whether mom's into classic dress watches rare and refined ceramics or tried and true bestsellers Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.